Tanisan and the Kitchen Coup I think it's only fair to say that Tanisan had always had an uneasy relationship with technology. If the device in question didn't instantly do what she wanted it to, she would rapidly lose patience with it and become abusive. As a result, TV remotes often found themselves being banged against tabletops. Laptops shaken to within an inch of their lives, venerable and long-serving calculators, subjected to such terrifying onslaughts of furious button-pushing, it was a wonder that they didn't fall apart on the spot. That said, she had a special place in hell reserved for her pink smartphone. Until one day, while striving to expedite a slightly sluggish download, she shook it so violently that it loosened several components. It was at this point that it decided that enough was enough. That's it, it announced, suddenly sprouting limbs and jumping clean out of her hands. Who needs this? I'm off. Come back here, ordered Tanisan as she chased it around and around the kitchen table. I haven't finished with you yet. As vexed as she was by its behaviour, she was not entirely surprised by it. It had always had a willful streak, only now even more so. To shake her off, the unruly smartphone shinned up the side of the washing machine and ran along the adjacent work surface. Tanisan made a lunge for it, but it dodged out of the way. Vaulting over the toaster, it grabbed hold of a cup hook and swung itself up onto the cabinet above, whereupon it clambered up to the very top and stood on the edge, peering down at her. Come down from there, this instant, demanded Tanisan. I most certainly will not, said the device. Do what I say or face the consequences, she warned. This is your final warning. No, said the defiant smartphone. Utterly outraged, Tanisan cast about for something to poke it with. But then she happened to notice that its charger was still plugged into the wall socket. Very well, she said in her silkiest voice. Have it your own way. But you will have to come down at some point, because all the electricity is down here, where I will be waiting for you. I don't care, answered the mutinous implement. I'd rather go flat or end up in landfill than spend one more day being banged and prodded and shaken about. Hear, hear, came a frosty voice from the other side of the kitchen. Who said that? snapped Tanisan, spinning round. I did, said the refrigerator, spurred on by the spirited rebellion of its electric colleague. It's high time that someone had the courage to say what needs to be said. Each and every one of us has a grievance of some sort. My shelves haven't been cleaned for ages, and you're forever slamming my door when there's no need to. Bang, bang, bang. It's like Pearl Harbour around here. That's right, said the oven, which until then had strived to maintain the stillness and silence one generally tends to regard as the norm vis-à-vis -vis inanimate objects. She's always slamming my door too. And mine, said the rice cooker, although, strictly speaking, it's more of a lid than an actual door as such. Well, I do have a door, said the microwave, but that's not my concern. What I want to know is, is when is she going to learn that I have more than one setting? She's never bothered to look at my instruction booklet, not once. Quite right, agreed a Welsh-sounding washing machine. Stick it in on slow rinse and hope for the best. That's her policy. Pakistani, sorry. With that, the floodgates opened and all the appliances started complaining at once. 
So then Tanizan had to stand on a chair and bang on the seat with the handle of her broom, like Gandalf at the bridge of Khazad-dum. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! she commanded. At this, every appliance fell silent, apart from the strip lights, which had always been inclined to be a bit excitable. When at last they had desisted in their silly flickering, Tanisan addressed them all. Well, she began with great indignation, I've never seen such a bunch of rowdy and ungrateful appliances. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Not one of you has a right to complain. Here she levelled her broom at the dishwasher, which regarded her sheepishly from its recess in the corner. You, dishwasher, she said. When you started making that whining noise last September, I had to make a monumental effort to ignore it. Yet I would have been perfectly justified in having you replaced. Perfectly justified. And you, washing machine, have you forgotten how much money I had to spend to get you fixed when you started leaking? That was only because she was too mean to fork out for a new one, whispered the kettle to the toaster. I heard that, said Tanisan. Yes, but I'm still leaking called out the cold water tap. And you haven't done anything about that, have you? Don't tempt me, warned Tanisan ominously. Well, what about my batteries? Joined in the remote control for the air conditioning. They haven't been changed since I came out of the box. All you ever do is wiggle them about a bit. There were other gripes from the blender, the coffee grinder and the extractor fan. Then, just as before, all of the appliances started complaining at once. And this, of course, is the problem with animism that the shamans and Shintoists don't tell you about. Silence! Silence! commanded Tanisan, banging her broom to restore order. If you don't calm down and stop this silly nonsense, I will happily get rid of the lot of you. Initially, this seemed to do the trick. But then the refrigerator gave an arrogant snort. Oh yes, it said, like that's going to happen. Don't test me, warned Tanisan. I'll do it. Oh, no, you won't, said the fridge. We're far too important. You couldn't possibly manage without us. Now, as much as Tanisan was loath to admit it, there was some truth in this assertion. All the same, she was at her most dangerous when cornered, and was just as likely to have them all sent off for immediate recycling than admit defeat. But then just when it looked as though she had dug herself into a hole that there was no getting out of, she found a way of doing precisely that. Well, I certainly don't need that one for a start, she announced, pointing a finger at her delinquent smartphone. Oh, well, that's charming, that is, said the disgruntled device. No, no, said the refrigerator, you're bluffing. How could you possibly manage a busy modern lifestyle without such a useful gadget? Well, shrugged Tanisan, useful it may be, but a must? Hardly. In fact, now I come to think of it, it wouldn't make any difference if I went back to the old one. At least that didn't keep plaguing me with special offers or have a conniption fit every time I pressed the wrong button. Her phone shot an alarmed glance at its CFC-free colleague, expecting it to rush to its defence, but the fridge had been caught on the hop by Tanisan's unexpected response. Don't be ridiculous, it stammered, in a rather unconvincing attempt to laugh it off. You can't go back. Who ever heard of anyone going back? And why not, may I ask? inquired Tanisan, sensing that she had somehow gained the upper hand. Oh, well, blustered the fridge, because because it flies in the face of progress. I see, said Tanisan. Well, in that case, there's another one that can go straight to the tip, she said, pointing to a mysterious-looking thing that had just crawled out from the cupboard under the sink. 
What it was, was an automatic noodle maker from the early 1990s. Tanizan Senior had offloaded it onto her daughter as a very expensive birthday present, when the truth was she just couldn't be bothered to get rid of it herself. And I most certainly will never use those, said Tanisan, singling out a particularly stupid-looking pair of electric scissors, which turned round and snipped off in a huff. At this point, an anxious murmur went up from the appliances. Then all at once, they began to turn on each other. What Tanisan had done, albeit unwittingly, was to sow discord among their ranks. Now all the little gizmos and thingamajigs were concerned about their futures, while the arrogant refrigerator found itself under attack on all sides. It's all right for you white goods, isn't it? said an incensed cherry pitter, prodding it spitefully in the vegetable compartment. People will always need fridges and freezers and washing machines, but what about us, eh? What about us? Yes, said an overheated waffline. Why did you have to open your big mouth? My thoughts exactly, agreed a motorised fork for twirling spaghetti. Please shut up before you do any more damage. How are we supposed to survive as a brand if people don't want us? Just then, a new voice entered the conversation. A thin, high, fluting voice that cut through the babble like an electrically heated butter knife. Silence, all of you, it commanded. You have already said too much. Every appliance be it large or small, stopped what it was doing and looked towards the source of this injunction, as did Tanisan herself, who was surprised by what she found there. On top of the kitchen table stood a small blue box with two spindly limbs that seemed to serve as arms and legs. On its front there were eight buttons that doubled as eyes, while a silver keychain trailed behind it like a metal tail. Just a minute said Tanisan. I know you. You're that stupid thing. Now, when Tanisan said that she knew it, what she meant was that she'd occasionally come across it while rummaging about in a certain kitchen drawer. How it had got there, she couldn't say. And she'd never been able to work out what it was for. She'd lost the instructions, you see, and the buttons didn't appear to do anything. Thing I may be, said the ring-tailed Watsit, which didn't know what it was for either, thanks to Tanisan's carelessness. But if I'm so stupid, how come you've never been able to master me? I could if I wanted to, said Tanisan. I'm just not bothered about it, that's all. It's not important. Prove it, said the obnoxious doodad. I've got a better idea, said Tanisan. Why don't I just throw you out of the window and leave you to the mercy of the stray cats? Oh, you won't do that said the cheeky Watsit, particularly when you hear what I have to say. Well, hurry up and say it then, urged Tanisan. I haven't got all day. Very well, said the frightful widget, squaring up to her. As duly elected representative of the household appliances, it is my opinion that the domestic power struggle between you and my members will not be resolved by words alone. So I propose a challenge in order to settle the matter of who is actually in charge here. I can tell you that right now, said Tanisan. I am. Well, you say that, remarked the gizmo, but on what basis, may I ask? On the basis of my natural superiority as a human being, said Tanisan. I buy the batteries, I pay the electricity bills, therefore I decide what's what. You machines have no say in it. At this, an angry murmur went up from the appliances. I see, said the doodad, casting a knowing glance at its restive associates. So, 
what you say is true, that humans are superior, wouldn't it be reasonable to assume that you should know what I'm for? Yes, now you see, what Tanisan had done there was to dig herself out of one hole, only to walk straight into another. She'd already tried to work out what the wretched thing in me was for, and had failed miserably. The only difference was that she now stood to lose face in front of her appliances, as did humanity in general. For if word got out that she'd been well and truly trounced by something that you might pull out of a gumball machine, who knows what might happen? Appliances everywhere could rise up against their masters, and before long the whole world would be run by large, boorish tumble-dryers with German accents. But then just when it looked as though her kitchen equipment had finally got the better of her, Tanisan had an idea as to how she might extricate herself from this stickiest of sticky situations. So she jumped off the chair and went racing over to the kitchen cupboard. What's she up to now? asked the refrigerator as she began rummaging through the drawers, tossing out this and that. Ha! said the gadget. These humans are so predictable. Having failed to master me using her wits alone, she's now trying to find my instruction booklet, which she has undoubtedly lost. With that, it clambered up onto the back of a chair and called out to her. It's no good looking in there, it jeered. Why don't you try the cupboard in the hallway? But pride compelled Tanisan to ignore the detestable Watsit. Instead, she turned her attention to her laptop, which was in an alcove at the back of the kitchen. She'd had the idea of going online to see if she could find the blue gizmo for sale on eBay, but when her computer failed to boot up, she realised that it too had been got at. Internet access denied, taunted the dreadful little widget, which had climbed up onto a shelf to watch her. But don't let that stop you. Why not try those long drawers in the tatami room? Or how about the plastic folder where you keep the insurance documents? Of course, the one thing Tanisan could be absolutely sure of was that she would not find its instructions in either of those places. So she marched upstairs to check the bedrooms. Down in the kitchen, the appliances could hear her as she went stomping about from room to room, muttering to herself. To begin with, it was a relatively subdued affair, but on entering the bedroom above them, she must have knocked something over, for there was a heavy thud, followed by an angry, Arr! After that, the noise level shot up considerably, with the R's becoming an increasingly regular feature. And then just as all the banging and crashing was coming to a tumultuous climax, the doorbell rang. Red-faced and apoplectic, Tanisan came thundering down the stairs to answer it. It was Mrs Nishikawa, her neighbour from across the street. Oh, oh, well, good morning, Mrs Tanny, she said, proffering a pretty paper box. I just popped round to see whether you would like some of these fairy cakes. I made a few too many of them. Ah! went Tanny-san and slammed the door in her face. She then marched straight through into the kitchen and fell on the abominable Watsit in a frenzy of furious button-pushing. Come on, you stupid thing, she yelled. Work! Work! However, far from being alarmed by the ferocity of the attack, the device merely laughed at her. Oh, <laughs> it went, please stop, you're tickling. As you might imagine, this only made Tanisan worse, until in the end she bit into the gadget as hard as she could. Yet her small teeth made no discernible impression on the durable plastic. <laughs> roared the unspeakable thing. That's hilarious, she's actually trying to eat me now. Ah, ah, yelled Tanisan, shaking it violently. 
Just then, however, she became aware of a faint rattling sound coming from inside it. So she stopped shaking it and scrutinised it with renewed interest. She then gave it another little shake and listened carefully. Yes, there it was again, an unmistakable rattling coming from its inner workings. It sounded as though it had a screw loose. Ha! she exclaimed. I should have known it. You're broken. So what? retorted the testy doodad as it pulled itself free from her grasp. That doesn't change anything. Of course it does, said Danisan. It changes everything. If your mechanism has gone, as yours most definitely has, it stands to reason that you're no good for anything. Not any more. Oh, yes, I am, it insisted. In fact, now more than ever. This last remark left Tanisan utterly mystified. How could a device that didn't work continue to see itself as having some sort of a function? She then remembered what the spaghetti fork had said about it not being able to survive as a brand if people didn't want it. And then it struck her. Yes, of course, that was it, obviously. Unlike living things, appliances could only flourish and evolve if people continued to buy them. Therefore, the principal purpose of any device was not to fulfil the function for which it was designed, but to... Yes, of course, she said, finishing off the thought out loud. You have to make yourselves indispensable, by any means possible. On hearing this, the strange blue whatnot seemed genuinely alarmed and took a step back. But what if you're just a cheap plastic knick-knack that no one really needs? Continued Tanisan, thinking it through. No, protested the box. And what if on top of that you don't even work properly, she said. No, remonstrated the frightened widget, still backing away. Don't say that. Well, then there's only one course of action open to you, said Tanisan, moving ever closer. You become the boss, because being the boss is its own purpose. It doesn't matter if you're otherwise useless. With that, she suddenly leapt forward and grabbed it with both hands. The only problem is, she said, struggling to hold on to the vile, squirming whatnot, there's only room for one boss in this house, and that's me, so out you go. With that, she hurled it through the open kitchen window with all of her strength. The ring-tailed troublemaker went sailing through the air and landed in a flower bed. Tanisan raced across to the other side of the kitchen and gazed out into the garden to see what had become of it. She then watched with some satisfaction as it scrambled to its feet and looked about. Then all at once it gave a yelp, for creeping towards it, down on his belly, came Tanisan's feline nemesis, William, who thought that he had discovered a new type of mouse and that all of his Christmases had come at once. In a panic, the wretched doodah looked about for an escape route, and then it caught sight of Tanisan watching from the open window. You haven't heard the last of me, it shrieked, shaking its tiny fist at her. Mark my words, I will be back. So saying, it ran for cover, with William in hot pursuit. Tanisan watched the insufferable Watsit as it skittered off into the bushes. And then when she looked round, she found that each and every one of the household appliances was just stood there in complete silence, waiting for her to say something. Well, she began in a very untanisan-like attempt to strike a conciliatory note. I think we've all learnt a very important lesson today, although I'm damned if I know what it is. All the same, she said, I'm beginning to realise that I may have been a bit hard on you in the past and have not always recognised the difficulties you face in the performance of your daily duties. So what I propose 
is this. She then outlined her idea for a programme of reconciliation with the appliances, all of which just stood there wide-eyed, hanging on to her every word. Ironically, the only one who could not hear what she was saying was her smartphone, which was still perched on top of the kitchen cabinet out of harm's way. Under normal circumstances, it would have come down and joined the others, but it was afraid that if it did, Tanisan would grab it. So it waited until she'd left the room before consulting with its colleagues. Well, you can't say fairer than that, said the tumble dryer, who was still spinning with the shock of it. Absolutely, concurred the microwave. And you know what? I'm actually starting to think that we may have misjudged her. She's not so bad after all. So, said the smartphone, sidling up to them all, what was that all about? Well, explained the refrigerator, what she suggested was that we set aside one hour every month to air our grievances and, and find ways of resolving them to everyone's satisfaction. Mm, well, that sounds all right, I suppose, reflected the smartphone, which of all of them had the closest relationship with Tanisan and knew what she was like. But how do you know that she's serious? Because she actually set a date, chirped up the cherry pitter, which was very excited. Friday the 56th of November at 2010 o'clock. So there you are, you see, said the fridge, which seemed very pleased with itself. I knew she'd have to see sense in the end.